Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back to TFR for another edition of Investor Stories. On this segment, the experts talk about a startup that failed and the causes of that failure. Here's the segment called Postmortems. On today's special segment, we have Paul Martino of Bullpen Capital. Paul, can you tell us a story about a portfolio company that failed and why it failed? Oh, sure. Yeah. Plenty of companies in the portfolio have failed. In fund one, a lot of our failures were reinvested before product market fit. So I don't think that they're as interesting a story to tell because they're basically before we had figured out what our model was. We have other companies that have failed. You know, one recently that failed, which is a bit disappointing. We had a very interesting try before you buy marketplace that was for uh, consumer goods. So instead of trying to figure out which of five drones to buy at the store, you could get shipped three of them and send back the two you don't want and buy the one that, that you want to keep. Really interesting idea. Hmm. A great business model, great economics, but you know, fundamentally could not figure out how to scale the business and go from vertical to vertical. The hard part about the business was, you know, you start in drones. What category do you do next? Do you do cameras next, et cetera? And it turned out that that business was just too hard to scale. CEO could never quite get that right. It was disappointing because the numbers in the initial launch category were excellent and couldn't cross over. And it was disappointing that that company didn't make it to the next step because I think it was a damn good idea, a very good operating CEO, great mastery of her numbers. Well, hopefully he or she is on to their next thing and better things. Absolutely. On today's special segment, we have Evangelos Samudis of Synapse Partners. Evangelos, can you tell us a story about a portfolio company that failed and why it failed? Yeah, so far in our young portfolio, we do not have any failures. I mean, again, the, the portfolio is, is uh, about two years, a little over two years old now. We've had a couple of exits, as I mentioned before, but we have not had any failures yet. But having been in the industry for as many years as I have, I have uh, my fair share of failures. I do not know if you would like me to, to talk about, you know, pre-synapse experiences, but I don't have synapse experiences because I said we are we are young. Not because we will not have them. I mean, I, I fully anticipate that, that we will have failures, but we don't have them yet. Yeah. If you're willing to talk about a previous one, uh, you don't have to mention, you know, the company by name, but if you can talk through kind of why, why the company failed. Yeah. So, so I'll tell you about the experience that I had at uh, Trident. So I had invested 
rather shortly after I joined uh, the firm in a startup that was uh, developing cloud-based business intelligence solution. And I felt that was a space that I understood well. And again, I had prior experiences with cloud-based enterprise application companies that were you know, quite successful. So I, I felt that uh, it was only natural to extend that to, um, to business intelligence. And the company time that we invested, Trident, uh, already had several customers. Uh, we were the first institutional investor, but they had customers and uh, proof points and revenue and all of that. So, so why it failed? What I did not anticipate was that the enterprise customers uh, were not going to adopt cloud-based BI as quickly as I thought they would. And partially was because, so they were early adopters, but the, the majority took a lot longer to materialize than, than I had uh, anticipated. And their main reason was because corporations did not want to send what they consider their jewels, their data jewels, to the cloud. So that, that was the first problem. And the, the second problem was, as the company uh, started scaling, we, we thought that it was ready to bring uh, the more senior management team. And because ultimately the company was not scaling as much as we thought that it should, uh, that team lost interest. So we, we had a situation where we had a company that did not have a complete management team it needed more money because the revenues were not coming in as uh, fast as we had originally planned. So ultimately, it was not uh, the greatest of successes. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Ben Narison of NEA. Ben, can you tell us a story about a portfolio company that failed and why it failed? That's a good question. I will tell you the story of the first company that ever failed in my portfolio. As I mentioned earlier, it took three years before that happened. And it was an entrepreneur I spent a bunch of time with, a lot more than I usually would. And I probably should have realized that was a warning sign, and I did later. I say it was a warning sign because I love to spend time with entrepreneurs. But in this case, 
I guess the way I think about it is, generally speaking, my best entrepreneurs benefit from when I'm there. They're able to find value from me, and they'll usually tell me what that value is, and I'm always appreciative of that so I can do a better job next time. But they don't need me to be there. Right. They're getting it done all day long. In this case, the entrepreneur needed me to be there. And I realized later what a big flaw that was because that was a huge limiter for them. No matter how much time I spend with you, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage. And the rest of the time, you've got to get it done. And so if I'm, you know, somebody said to me once about a deal, I said, oh, I realize now it's like you're the boss. I'm like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Terrible. But the entrepreneur was interacting with me that way where it was either my blessing or permission or feedback was required, not preferred. You know, it's, these aren't my companies. And when, when investors used to always say when I first moved to Silicon Valley, well, my company this or my company that. And I was like, they're not your companies. You're an investor. You do own a part of that company. But it's the entrepreneur that's driving this process. It's the entrepreneur's company. And I have softened to that view. I mean, I do call them my companies now because I do realize how active an investor can be and that we do own a chunk. But it's still got to be truly owned by, intellectually owned by, driven by that entrepreneur. Anyway, so I remember this, this company failed because it was too early. And I knew it was too early when I funded it. You know, investing is about shooting in front of the duck. You just got to shoot in front of the duck by the right amount. And that's an easy thing to say and an almost impossible thing to do because you don't know how early you are. And I remember when I first funded this founder, I said, look, I know you're too early. My hope is that we'll be able to survive long enough to be there when the time is right. And then we will be right on time and everybody else will be too late. So he went out and he tried and he tried and he tried. And after one year, he shut down. And I went back home that day, walked into my, my house and my wife looks up at me and she sees that I'm sad. And she said, you know, what happened? What's wrong? I said, well, I had my very first company fail. And I'm really upset. I'm really sad for this poor entrepreneur. And it's just been hard. And she said, uh, tell me about it. I said, well, you know, he's just been trying to get this message out there. And he's been working at it. And he's been selling. And he just can't get people to buy. And they're always selling him next quarter. He's been doing it for a year. And she looked at me and she's like, a year? Yeah, a year. <laughs> it's like, you are so right. I cannot. You're right. God damn it. He gave up. And it was this just. It was the look on her face in that one statement, because I don't know if you remember this, but when I told you I started fashionball.com in 1993 and I took it public in 99, I raised $100,000 of outside capital during that time. I spent six years of incredibly fun, painful times. And with that just one comment from her made me realize everything about what went wrong. We didn't fail. The entrepreneur gave up, and that is probably the most visceral memory I have of why my belief in tenacity has remained so aggressive. Sometimes the difference between success and failure is your lack of willingness to die, your lack of willingness to give up. I don't know if we would have made it, but I know for sure we didn't, and I know for sure we didn't because somebody gave up along the way. Sure. And that's really, really, I don't ever want to be there again. I'll tell you a different story, though. Uh, sort of the polar opposite. I had two entrepreneurs 
they both started out, I funded them in, let's call it 08, 09 timeframe, around the same time. And about six years in, they'd grown their businesses. They'd each pivoted a little and ended up in competition with each other, which is very rare. I did not fund them in the same business, but they ended up there. But it was fine. You know, I didn't talk to either one about the other. I never do. And one of them grew their business to a $50 million revenue run rate. And one of them grew their business to a $100 million revenue run rate, both publicly announced at those numbers. And they were both in my quote-unquote winner's column. And then within about a month of each other, they both surprised me with a sale. Because at this point, we were sort of six years, seven years in. I wasn't as rigorous on my once a quarter thing, and I probably hadn't seen them. And well, it could have just been I hadn't seen them till the end of the quarter. I was still pretty good. I'm pretty sure we still saw each other once a quarter. Anyway, here's the thing. One of them, the sale yielded me a 58x return on my money, the $100 million one. Take that one all day? Not bad at all. I'm pretty happy about that one. <laughs> yeah. But guess what I got on the one that was doing $50 million in revenue? Less. I lost all my money. Oh. Pretty amazing. And what it reminded me of, it's never over until it's over. You'd never know. There are too many things that can go right and go wrong, and there's more that can go wrong that you can never know until the end where things are going to end up. It is always, quote unquote, too early to tell, which is a common ranking inside of firms of, of at least three out of three that I've ever worked with. You know, there's never certainty. And that's something I've lived through as an entrepreneur. And now I've lived through as a funder. And it's something I, I don't usually spend a lot of time on with my entrepreneurs, but I do a, a healthy dose of you just never know is useful because success is uncertain. And a lot of the things that are indicators of success along the way are just road posts. You've still got to get to the end of that highway. And if you don't, it doesn't matter how many road posts you cross. You're still stalled out in a ditch or worse. So it was a, a real eye-opening moment because I truly believe both of those were uh, going to create material value in the end. And, and I'm sure they both did. It's just they didn't create material value in one case to the <laughs> investors. They just probably were a great deal for the acquirer. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure that acquirer is super happy. Yeah, successful startup outcomes are not always in successful investor outcomes. By the way, it wasn't a success for the founder either. Fair enough. Fair enough. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me. Thank you.